Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors. Hey everybody, Paul Justin here, and I am joined with Dr. Justin Bullar, my partner with Dental Business Mentor, and we're going to try something new today. And we were talking, and, and Justin and I get a lot of questions. You know, the, the, you guys email me questions. I'm always happy to answer those, but I get a ton of them. And Justin gets them as well. And we were just talking, maybe we should do some FAQ episodes where we just discuss a topic. If you have a question and you want us to answer it on one of these shows, please send an email to info at Dental Business Mentor. So how are you doing today, Justin? I'm doing great, brother. It's fun. It's exciting. I'm, I'm happy to be here and uh, deliver some value for some folks. Awesome. So what is the first question that we are going to tackle today? So one of the most common questions is when's the right time to add an associate? So obviously this is, these are dental practice owners that you know have done a startup or an acquisition. And now they're at the point where they're either wanting to slow down or maybe grow the top end. So they're wondering, you know, when's the right time to bring somebody in? And do you, I mean, one of the things that I want to add to that too, is a lot of people, they want to get to this associate thing and it's fun. I mean, I, I remember when I added my associate, it was like you, you had another dentist to kind of talk to. And sometimes we just feel so alone in our practices and it's nice to get someone in. But, you know, for me, I guess to add an associate, when I did it in my practice, and I think I did this wrong because I want to hear what you say about this, Justin. But I did this when I was so at capacity that we probably could have did it a year and a half before we did it. So like, what is like, what do you think about it, Justin? When is the right time to an associate? How much at that time, like, you know, being a capacity and things like that, how much, uh, you know, revenue were you guys generating around that time? Oh gosh, maybe like 1.8, close to 2 okay. million. I was doing That's four. Great. Yeah, we were doing pretty good. I mean, I, yeah. dude, I, I didn't, I wanted to burn the place down. I, I was just, <laughs> oh, man, it was, it was rough. I could, yeah, every day was just like jam packed. So we were so over capacity. It was time. Okay, well, you know, the, the, the first thing I, I, I always address here is I ask everyone, why do you want an associate? That's probably one of the most important questions you can answer because is it to free up more time? Like, do you want one day off, two days off, or do you only want to work, you know, half the time you're working now? Uh, so are you looking for someone to take some workload off of you? Uh, you know, time to work on the business and on the practice versus in the practice. And the second is, you know, or, or do you want somebody to come in and do the work that you don't want to do anymore? So all the fillings and all the you know, root canals and things like this that you may not want to do. And you just want to focus on the ortho and the implants and the cosmetic dentistry and prosthetic type stuff. So I, I think it's, uh, or, or the third is, you know, are you wanting to add more days or hours to your practice and say, look, it's time for me to grow now. I, I can't do anymore. I'm the bottleneck. I might not want to slow down, but I definitely, like you're saying, Paul, I definitely it, I'm at capacity or close to, and my wheels are turning at full throttle. So I need someone else here to, to help grow this practice. So understanding why is number one. Now, would you say that, I mean, I think a lot of people are always wondering, like, do I have to cut a day? Do I have to go back a day? And this is what I did personally. Like, I went from four days to three days when I had my associate. And I think that's a great way to do it just because of the fact that you want to get the associate to be busy. And you want them to be busy, like, right out of the gate. And it helps to have, 
you know, to have like an already full day that they can just take over. Or like you mentioned, if you're passing out different procedures, my associates, you know, they take a lot of my fillings. Now, that's not because I'm dumping on them, but I just say, hey, if, if you guys have open time, do you want to do more fillings? Because I'd rather not do any anymore. So I, th- I think one of the nice things that you can do is, I mean, like you mentioned, like passing out procedures. Would you say that everyone, I mean, I, I, I personally believe that you need to be at a capacity point and you have to have like high new patient flow because, gosh, I mean, every, every an associate doc probably needs about at least 50, 60 new patients. I mean, how, what do you think about that? Let's talk about a couple of things there. You touched on re- two really good points. One is, okay, capacity. So how do we define capacity? Well, there's multiple ways and we won't go down that rabbit hole, but essentially let's just say it's that you haven't reached chair capacity per se. Like you got room, you can open up hours, you can do things in the schedule to make it more efficient. You know, you got the the patient flow coming in to, to now help someone else grow, but we haven't reached capacity from a chair perspective, but let's say we reached capacity to the point where you as the principal dentist can't actually work anymore. You know what I mean? Like you can't do any more hours in the day. So now it's you, technically you've reached your personal capacity to produce. Okay. So in that, at that point, yeah, you're, you're, you're ready to have somebody on and you're likely producing, you know, 1.2 to $1.5 million or more, on a regular basis. Now, the question is, how many new patients do you need? And, you know, do you need 50 new patients for the associate? Well, it depends on the associate's profile. So the, the, the second best question to ask ourselves is, what does your ideal associate look like? You know what I mean? Now, the majority of them are going to be new grads. They're going to have less than three years experience. And it's going to be rare to find somebody who's, you know, you put out an ad where they got 10 years of experience, they're coist or spear educated, they bill a thousand bucks an hour and require little to no mentorship. You know what I mean? That's just rare. Most of those people are in their own practices. They own and operate them. And they're oftentimes the ones looking for the associate. So who do you get when you put out an associate ad? Somebody with typically less than three years experience and somebody who requires active mentorship. And you don't just want to let them go in your practice. So back to what you were saying before, you don't have to slow down, but I recommend if you bring someone on, you're, you're bringing them into your family, your baby here, uh, you're, you got to make sure you take the time to onboard them properly and work with them. And that requires time outside of your clinical practice. So I think it's, it's good practice to plan on, even if it's just for a period of time, to slow down your clinical days, to help train them, help mentor them. And on the other side, free up some of that patient volume for them so that they can be busy from, you know, the start. Like on another note, something that people often ask me is, how do you do this out of five chairs? How do you do this out of six chairs? How can I add my associate? You know, I had somebody who was saying, you know, I have, I think they had five or six chairs. And they were thinking, well, we can see it. We can have two hygienists and then me and the associate can split three chairs. And my response to that was like, I think that's just never going to work. I mean, you, you need... An associate needs to, at least two hygienists. You need two hygienists to feed the restorative side. And if you don't have that, it, your chances are you're not going to be very busy. So if two dentists are sharing just two hygienists, I think that's just, you, you don't, there's just not enough work to go around. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. So it, it again comes back to practitioner capability and, uh, and to this word that you mentioned, capacity. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of times where it can work out, but it's such a unique thing to give a blanket kind of answer is tough. But I will tell you this, that having one practitioner to two hygienists is a great ratio. Even a one-to-one's manageable, 
provided that you know you have sufficient new patient flow and things of this nature. But in general, one to two is the ratio I like to see that. You know, the, the associate can work out of one chair. It's not them. You know, it's not necessary for them to work out of uh, more than one chair to produce. They're going to do eighty percent or more of their production in there, and and that's uh, you know across the board. But not having the the appropriate recalls uh, to do, not having the ability to do the comprehensive diagnosis, treatment planning, and get more butts in the chair is tough. There's only one thing that will mask that in practices, and that's a very very healthy new patient flow. So. You know, if you have, if you got a hundred new patients coming in a month, yeah, you know what? You could probably have this person fairly busy. They could be doing, you know, uh, exams and same day treatment, all kinds of things in their chair. But in, for the average practice that's seeing 20, 25 new patients a month, and, and then you just got the one hygienist, that, that can be uh, a challenge. Yeah. I, I just personally just don't see how it could work. I mean, you need a high new patient flow. I mean, other chances are, I mean, your your attritioning, your office is going to have some natural attrition. People are going to move. People are going to pass away. And like you mentioned, at, at 20 new patients a month, I mean, that's barely enough to feed most of us, you know? And I know that's a very common number for a lot of offices, maybe doing that maybe $650,000, $750,000 a year. But so one of the things to think about before you add your associate is, can I get my new patient numbers up? And if so, how do I do it? And that's a multitude of things, you know, that's marketing, that's your online reputation, that's having your SEO, your website, everything, all your ducks are in a row. And then, and then also phone skill, you know, phone skill is a big part too, and converting new patients. So it's, 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 it's weird how we take a with little question, like how to add an associate or when's the right time, but it just comes back to just general, you know, practice management. You just have to have everything going. So that you can feed that machine and, and have that associate be busy and happy and hopefully a long-term associate because that's all that's what we all want. So did, did we answer that question, Justin? I'm not sure if we did. When is the right time to end associate? I feel like we're touching on a lot of points that people should be thinking about. And this is why answering this question uh, as a blanket statement is tough because as you can see, there's more than one moving part here, right? It's not like when you get to $1.2 million in revenue and your personal productivity is this and your new patient flow is this, you're ready for an associate. It's not black and white. And it really depends on like a lot of the factors we talked about. So who is this associate? Who is coming on? What is the reason why you want that person there? So definitely think about those things. Now, one thing I'll add is we've touched on productivity and new patient flow, but and you've touched on phone skills, but what we haven't touched on is other metrics that are super important. So currently, if you've got great, uh, treatment conversion, you know, that's really important to look at. What is your current reappointment rate in your hygiene? You know, uh, are we, are we getting people back as, as frequently as we need them? Because all these things are ev- eventually going to impact this associate as well, as well as your bottom line at your own practice. So we won't go dive down the rabbit hole of, of, of many metrics, but some you want to look at are average diagnosis per new patient. Like for example, we have uh, I have practices where we see 70 patients a month and I have practices where we see somewhere between 20 and 30 a month. Like that's not much. And in the practices we're seeing 20 or 30, we're able to do over a million and a half in revenue annually for one reason, one reason only. All the metrics that you and I talk about all the time, Paul, all the stuff you got to track, we are tracking that very carefully and we're always putting in solutions and strategies and systems to solve those problems. So when you do that and your, your business is running very well and very lean and, and everything's productive, 
Well, oftentimes you can survive on 20 to 25 new patients because at the end of the day, it's revenue dependent, right? So if you, you see a recall and what you see is $3,500 versus someone else seeing a recall and all they see is 500, it, it, it's, it's so training dependent and practitioner dependent. So I think those are things to consider. What are your, your associates' capabilities? Uh, what is the projected revenue that you expect them to produce? Are they going to come and work four days and do 60K? Well, if they're going to do 60K, you know, and they're, they're seeing $1,500 per new patient on average in terms of diagnosis and their conversions 80%, you know, when you start getting these stats work backwards from there and you can say, okay, well, we're going to need X number of new patients, X number of days, you know, this amount of mentorship to get this person to where they need to be. So I, I know I'm throwing a lot of stuff out there, but I really just want everyone to think about this topic entirely as opposed to just a, a simple one shot, you know, shotgun answer. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and I think when, when you, you're taking a much more metric based approach, I mean, when I did it, it was just, dude, I'm burnt out. I don't care. You yeah, know? Man. So it just felt right. I had to yeah. do it. And uh, I think if I had maybe a more metric-based approach like you, I might have realized that I could have did it much earlier. So, um, yeah, so a lot going into that, a lot in that answer. Hopefully that was helpful for the listeners. If you have another question you want me and Justin to answer, please uh, send us an email at info at dental business mentor. Yeah, anything else you want to add on that, Justin? No, I think it's great, man. There's a lot for people to think about there and deconstruct, and they can hit us up, like you said, on email to clarify any of these things, and uh, and we'd be happy to do an episode on that. Hey, Dr. Etch here. If you are like most dentists I talk to, you want to grow your practice. We all know that we didn't learn how to run a successful practice while we were in dental school. So where do we learn it once we get out into the real world? That's why myself and Dr. Justin Bullard created DentalBusinessMentor.com. If you want to know the tricks, the tips, the tactics that we use in our own practices, DentalBusinessMentor.com is for you. Over 175 videos, not to mention the documents, protocols, and checklists that we use to run our practices. We have modules on phone skills, mindset, reappointment and reactivation, leadership, culture creation, marketing, effective meetings, patient experience, case presentation, KPIs, scheduling, and collections, just to name a few. We will show you how to run the practice of your dreams. So if you are ready to take your practice and your life to the next level, check out dentalbusinessmentor.com and you have nothing to lose. We offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you aren't happy, we aren't happy. Go to dentalbusinessmentor.com and take the first step towards learning how to create a practice that helps you live a better life.